everyone. Welcome back to Today in Tech. I'm Julia Beauchamp, and I am here with Macworld Executive Editor Michael Simon, as well as Computer World Executive Editor Ken Mingus. We are live on Computer World's LinkedIn page, as well as on our YouTube channel, IDG Tech Talks. If you have any questions or comments while we are discussing, please do let us know in either the comments or the live chat, and we will be sure to respond while we are actually live. So we're going to talk a little bit today about the NVIDIA and ARM merger, which is almost certainly now not going to go through um, a few, I mean, probably almost a year and a half ago now, year and change. Um, NVIDIA announced plans to acquire ARM for $40 billion, obviously a huge deal from SoftBank. Um, when it first came out, a lot of it was a lot of speculation was saying this might not go through because of regulatory hurdles. That is seems to be the case. There's a lot of regulatory pressure in both the U.S. and the U.K. So I wanted to talk a little bit about sort of what a, a licensee might um, be feeling. And we can talk a bit about um, this article in Computer World that I will link. Um, so, Ken, I guess just since this article is on Computer World, what are I'll can you speak to like what sort of what what the consensus might be around a licensee right now, like Apple, for example? I think they're probably happy because, you know, I mean, actually in the in the piece you're talking about, Johnny Evans wrote about this, uh, I think it was last week. You know, Apple actually had the chance to buy ARM in 2020 and did not do so, probably for the same reason that NVIDIA shouldn't have tried because you get all this regulatory concerns about you know, uh, the licensees and the fact that so much of what ARM does uh, is being used by a number of companies, which would have given NVIDIA, uh, you know, some real serious insights maybe into what rival companies are doing. Exactly. It's the kind of thing that just gives regulators the, the skeeves, you know, when they see something like this. And so it, it is sort of interesting that it's now finally emerging that mm, what a surprise this deal may not go through. Uh, you know, in terms of the companies that that, that work with ARM, including Apple, uh, you know, I think they're probably happy that this isn't happening. Yeah, and worth like worth mentioning, so many companies are ARM licensees, and some that are certainly direct competitors, AMD, Qualcomm. Um, so yeah, this this certainly. I would imagine that this deal could have muddied the waters a little bit. Um, well, it absolutely would have muddied the waters. And I, I know we're going to get into this in a minute, but when you think about what Apple is doing with Apple Silicon, you know, it, it's got a lot of proprietary information and, and uh, processes and God knows what that it doesn't want to share or mm -hmm. inadvertently have leaked to rivals or NVIDIA or whoever. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a pretty important time for Apple to kind of keep that stuff you know, separate and private for Apple's sake. And uh, so again, I don't think there's been a lot of reaction publicly uh, from the companies. True. Uh, I don't think I've heard anybody, Tim Cook did not come out and say, phew, you know. Yeah, hooray. But I think that's, I think it's a very quiet sort of satisfaction that this isn't probably going to happen. I mean, it's not just Apple. No, no. Oh, uh, yeah. Qualcomm in all of its mobile processors uses um, ARM reference designs. Microsoft has a chip that it, in the surface. I mean, I don't know how. When when I remember reading the story, when it when it when it landed, when it arrived, we were like, well, okay, like what? Like Intel is getting an Intel, and Nvidia is getting himself into a giant headache here because it, let's say the deal goes through, 
it's going to be a ton of stipulations because they yeah. can't just yank it or raise the price or I don't, I don't know how licensing works with arm. I don't know what, what the costs are, or what the, what the deals are, or what the contracts are, but NVIDIA can't just, you know, they can't just abandon all of those contracts. These are gigantic companies with a lot of clout. I was surprised that a team of Apple, Microsoft, Qualcomm, Google, and maybe NVIDIA, maybe even Intel didn't just get together and say, hey, let's all do this to let's all do this together, almost making it like an open source type of thing with, you know, obviously with with licensing and payments, just to make sure that it's still available for the industry to use. One person with competing interests can't own right. you know, a company like that. It just doesn't work. Right. Certainly without a lot of stipulation. Yeah. So the I mean, governments around the world are gonna get involved and say, hey, well, you know, you can't, this is very anti- competition. Yeah. To your point, Michael, I mean, basically, if NVIDIA were to do this, again, if the deal had gone through or were to go through, so much of what makes ARM valuable would have had to have been walled off. Yeah, right. Which is like all of it. Yeah. Which it doesn't make sense. So why doesn't NVIDIA just license ARM and whatever it it was planning to do with with it? Yeah. Like, I, I, I can't imagine... Unless maybe the appeal were those licenses and they said, well, you know, we can use that as to bolster our bottom line. Now all those payments come to us. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I di- it did seem strange at the time. And the fact that it just hasn't gone through and probably won't does not surprise me at all. Yeah. And just also for some background on this, since this deal is almost certainly not going to go through. Um, Bloomberg reported it um, earlier this week, I think. Um, it's probable that ARM's going to sort of spin off and IPO, which is like kind of also a concern because they don't know if there's going to be like enough like capital to really support. Um, it's it's a complicated measure. I'll link the um, Bloomberg story as well so you can like learn a little bit more about the specifics. But it's, um yeah, it's SoftBank, I think, is pretty eager to get rid of it. And it's, I'm sure that, I mean, for them, it might be a bummer that this isn't going to go through. But let's talk a little bit about what um, what these licensees are doing. Um, and I mean, Apple is obviously a great example, but Microsoft also does the, the Surface, right? Mike, you would know Surface on Arm? It is a, there's a, uh, what is it? Like the, the Surface uh, Q something chip. I don't know. Let me yeah. get the name of the chip. And I think they work with um, Qualcomm. So there's a lot of yeah. licensees that are um, that are using their stuff. So I, can either one of you sort Sorry, of? Sorry, it's, it's it's called the SDSQ1 processor. Okay. It is. It's a Qualcomm Microsoft thing. Right. But it's 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 based on optimized for ARM64. Mm-hmm. So I guess are either one of you comfortable speaking to like sort of what companies do when they work with ARM? I mean, I understand that they are licensing the architecture um, and then they can sort of like use that that architecture to um, customize their chips. And and that's sort of what, let's say, Apple, for example, did with Apple Silicon, right? That's pretty much it. They take the, the, you know, ARM is sort of the reference, the foundation. Mm -hmm. And then depending on what the the company needs, what the, you know, the licensee needs, they take that basic uh, design and then customize it for whether it's a Surface tablet or you know Apple desktops or laptops or you know they, they, it depends on what they need, but they can build on that. So that's why because it's so foundational to what all of these companies are doing, you know, no matter how much they customize it and add to it and and you know maybe evolve it, if you have one company that owns the foundation, 
everything that's built on top of it depends on that foundation. Mm-hmm. That's, that's probably not a great, not great analogy, but that's kind of how I understand it. Sure. So then let's just dive now into, you know, Apple's doing stuff with um, ARM. Obviously, that's what Apple Silicon is based on. So what's what sort of is coming up in the new year on the topic of ARM processors? New chips. New chips? Yeah. Uh, well, new chips, variations on existing chips. It's uh, We don't know Apple's cadence just yet because they haven't come out with a second chip. So this, right. uh, December 2020 was the M1 in the uh, MacBook Air, in the Mac Mini, and in the 13-inch MacBook Pro. That's been now, so what are we in January? So that's been February. Uh, f- 14, 15 months. Oh, February, juice. Uh, 14, 15 <laughs> months yeah. or so. So obviously they're not on an annual cadence. So maybe we're, we're, maybe we're looking at 18 months, which would put us right around June, which is you know WWDC time. <clears throat> so the M2 will be based on the M1, probably still eight cores for power, for efficiency, a little bit faster. We can kind of look at like the iPhone as an example of this. Mm-hmm. So the A15 versus the A14 chip, um, you know, they're essentially the same. We're talking about what, 15%, 20% increase in, really, in yeah. Speed. Well, yeah, I mean, nothing, every year. nothing mind blowing, but you know, enough where if somebody's waiting for a new machine, you can you can hold off for a month or so and and, and get the get the better one. <clears throat> now the M2, which and here's where it gets a little confusing, because the M2 will still be significantly slower than the M1 Pro and the M1 Max, because that's how Apple is kind of differentiating the the lines. So we're going to have whole numbers, M1, M2, M3, M4, presumably up until you know M37. And then in between those, probably also on an 18-ish month cadence, we'll get M1 Pro, M2 Pro, M3 Pro. Right, right, right. And those will be kind of like souped up versions of the M1. We saw this a little bit with the iPad Pro. So Apple had the A14, A13 chips, A12, whatever one. I don't remember exactly which one the, the iPad Pro got. But they, they started to do like A12Z, A12X which was, you know, they would kind of overclock it a little bit. They would add an extra graphic core, whatever it is, just to make mm-hmm. it a little bit faster than the iPhone chip. That's kind of what this is. So the M2, uh, like I said, will be based on the M1. The M2 Pro will be based, uh, will be similar to the M1 Pro. Like sure. they're yes. the same, but different. So the uh, yeah. I'll, I'll explain that real quick. The M1 Pro has four power cores, four efficiency cores. I'm sorry. The M1 has four power cores, four efficiency cores. The M1 Pro has eight power cores and two efficiency cores. So mm-hmm. there, it's a it's a different architecture, even though it has, it shares the same name and is ba- it's based on the same general design chip mm-hmm. design. Um, it's a it's a different chip. It's it's used for different you know like the the, the benchmarking comparatively is quite a bit different. Hey, Michael, I'm just wondering, you know, in, in talking about, okay, we go from M1 to M2, M1 Pro, M1 Max to M2 Pro, M2 Max. What do we think is going to go in the Mac Pro whenever it arrives? Would that be, would they would they do like an M3 for something? I don't like think that? so. Okay. 
How are they going to differentiate? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the M3 doesn't make any sense because like there will be an M3 and it's a consumer level machine. Uh, I'm sorry, it's a consumer level chip. The Mac Pro is rumored to get uh, like an M1 Pro chip with a dual die and two of them. Like a double. So we go from from ten cores to forty cores. Okay. Which is you know monstrous. Now, Apple could just completely and totally change have a a new name for that chip because that chip is not going to appear in any other machine. Right. Intel does that. They call it the Xeon. That's for Mm -hmm. their super high end workstation machines. It's not. So there's the there's the you know Alder Lake Core i i nine chips. That's relatively consumer. Some pro. And then they have the super high-end chips, these the uh the, the Xeon processors. Apple could say this is the M MP1. M1 Pro X or something. Okay. Yeah, they could, you know, they mm-hmm. did it. We, we didn't expect them to rename, we didn't expect them to rename the, the M1 Pro what they did. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they could just say, you know, this is the Mac Pro processor. It's called the the M1 CX937. I don't know. And that would strictly be for that machine. Like it is now. I mean, right now that machine has the Xeon. If you remember, the iMac Pro had them as well. And now there's talk that the iMac Pro, which is also coming out this year allegedly, or the replacement for it, could have a 12 core M1 Max. So, you know, the same processor as the MacBook Pro, but uh, slightly faster, maybe, or or a different option, you know, an option with with 12 cores instead instead of 10 cores, maybe. But it looks like all the consumer-ish Pro machines, the ones that we can afford, will have M1 Pro. The Mac Pro, we still don't know. We still mm-hmm. don't know. And Apple has to, they got to sell that in a different way. Because that's not that's not a two thousand dollar machine. That's a six thousand dollar machine, or maybe less. Yeah. But it's 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 a lot. It was. Well, see that. Uh, let me just. I just want to make one quick point, Julian. Yeah. Um. Literally, what we're talking about here, the various iterations of the M1, M1 Pro, M1 Max. That's exactly what licensees do with ARM mm-hmm. chips. They take it and they iterate, 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 iterate in different ways, which just goes back to what we were originally talking about. That's why this deal was such a big deal mm-hmm. in the industry had it gone through. Okay, enough. You pretty of that. much no, you pretty much took took the words right out of my mouth. That's perfect. And I oh, was and I, what I also was going to say is that I'm glad, Mike, that you sort of went over what the differences are or like might be between these chips because that's kind of what I am looking at this wondering and probably and I'm looking at probably like most ARM licensees in this case is like how are you distinguishing between iterations of your new chips right especially when you already have something like the m1 chip that it's kind of like how much more powerful and how much and how measurably faster can you really make a chip so especially for something that's like i mean allegedly going to have a pretty long life Right. Like I, I kind of am wondering how, yeah, what more can really be done? Obviously, the technology changes and like advances every year, but I don't know. I guess what's like really going to be groundbreaking, if anything, about a new M series chip? I mean, the M, the M was the groundbreaking. Right. Yes. Okay. Like we got that already. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. 
what's the next groundbreaking part? I, I don't sure. know. Faster, more efficient. I don't more know. Fi- I was just going to say, you know, it's not just about speed, especially mm-hmm. when you're talking about mobile devices like laptops or tablets or, you know, phones, whatever. Yeah. Efficiency, you know, mm-hmm. battery life and um, and also things like heat. You True. know, if you can if you can design a chip that is more efficient, produces less heat, and is faster, right? Then that gives you more room inside whatever device you're developing the chip for to rearchitect other subsystems. So you can come up with different, I don't know, uh, wireless technologies, uh, you know, face ID cameras, screen technology. Uh, you know, it, it it allows you more flexibility to do more with other parts of the system in the device beyond just the chip. So it's not just okay. about speed. That's yeah, a great I mean, we saw we saw those those benefits immediately mm-hmm. with the Mac with the uh, MacBook Pro. We got 120 hertz refresh. We got a new design. We got obviously faster speeds, more ports, all the things that we wanted for many years. It it gives Apple and others the kind of the license, no pun intended, to to you know to really kind of improve these machines while also making them ridiculously fast and lasting for, for 17 hours. In, Intel just came out with its uh, 12th gen Alder Lake processors and mm-hmm. PC World, um, the, the, the kind of sister to, to Mac World, they, they tested them and they beat the M1 Max. Wow. The top of the line $3,000 MSI laptop did beat the M1 Max in some benchmarks. His butt. And we ran a yes, please continue. A, we 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 literally wrote that with an asterisk in, in the headline because I mean the power efficiency is, is ridiculous. Like the thing lasts like five hours. And there is no power right, efficiency. Right. That's that's the big thing. And it's three thousand dollars and it has a 1080p display, and there's a million but 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 with that. So what Apple has done with Apple Silicon. Like, I don't understand all the licensing stuff. I don't know what they pay ARM. I don't know how much they right. use of ARM. I don't know anything about that. I'm not, I'm not a chip expert. What I can say is that what they've done in the last year, one year, all of CES, all of it, AMD, NVIDIA, Intel, it was all about we can, we're, we're as fast or faster than the M1. And Apple's been out for one year. And they have 7.6% market share. They're... They're they are they are making serious noise. Yeah, making big waves in the industry. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to just before we wrap up, I do want to talk touch on this um, one point that I was thinking of about something that you said just a few minutes ago, Mike. But um, I think probably what we're talking about the benefit of um, you know like building upon this ARM architecture. I would imagine that it's also just a benefit for an Apple, for example, and maybe eventually for um, a Microsoft that they have complete control over that ecosystem. So, I mean, with Apple, you're going to, you've got the hardware and you've got the software working together. And maybe with, with a Microsoft, you're going to get, you know, your own chip and you're going to have windows working together. So I, I don't know. I'd be curious if um, yeah, Microsoft. It's, it's not, it's not as easy. Apple makes it look easy. It's mm-hmm. not as evidenced by Microsoft failing numerous times to create that, that, that ecosystem, Google too, mm-hmm. you know, it, to, to Apple's ecosystem, it gets, you know, it, it's a punchline and they call it a walled garden and all that stuff, but it's, ex- it, it's extremely efficient. It works remarkably well with all of the devices Apple sells. And 
it yes, it encourages purchases of other devices, but you don't necessarily need those other devices, but they're nice to have. Like it it they do it in a way that no other company has been able to 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 match. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the processor is a big part of that. Um the the integration is a big part of that. That's the software is a gigantic part of that. All of that. I mean, Steve Jobs used to always say Apple's a software company, even when they making, you know, were making beautiful uh, iPods and everything else. He said, we're at our, at our core, we're a software company. And that's, that's where it starts. Microsoft is too. It's they, Apple just does it in a, they think about it. They approach it in a different way than every other company out there. Yeah. I was about to say, I wonder like if Microsoft is going to like further its foray into, um, arm, arm based chips. I mean, they're, they're, they're trying, they've been trying. I'm sure it makes a ton of sense to do so. Yeah, but the, the surface is not is nothing. They, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, yeah, people know what they are and they sell them, but not like Macs, not like iPads. I mean, they don't even have a phone. They never, they never. Microsoft never came out with a successful phone. They no, they have the duo. That is nuts. They have. They the, lost that whole battle when they I said successful the phone thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, crazy. It's crazy to me that Microsoft does not have a phone yeah. that you know people want to buy. Nuts. I um, just like in relationship to this topic, I am going to link um, in the live chat and I'll also make sure it's linked in the description, a video that I did actually probably a year and a half ago now, it looks like um, with um, one of our InfoWorld writers and um, Sardar Yegulalp and then also um, our our Windows expert um, contributing editor for Computer World, Preston Gralla about Windows on ARM, which I think is actually pretty interesting so i'll link that if anyone is interested in watching that that's, that's another foray that hasn't really taken off yeah, this, well. yeah, yeah. it's, it's yes. they've been doing that for how many years they've been trying to get uh windows to, windows to to run on arm in, in a way that it could be mainstream and it hasn't reached it hasn't gotten there yeah just just be quick before i forget yes um, we don't know this for sure but i'm willing to bet lots of the money that I have that Apple is working on a chip that doesn't rely on ARM. They're not going to be blindsided if this was to happen. Other companies might be, I'm sure Qualcomm's working on it as well, but the the companies that rely on ARM, they're not stupid. Mm -hmm. They saw the writing on the wall wall long before NVIDIA even announced that they were uh, looking to acquire ARM. So I'm quite certain that if that were to happen, you know, there would be a period of time where regulatory would, Apple would have time. It wouldn't just be overnight. They would be ready to say, okay, we're switching and we wouldn't notice at all. They've been doing this chip game for long enough now where they can, I'm sure they can pivot and 95% of the design of the chip is probably their own anyway. And I'm sure they're working on several different options that use uh, maybe risk, but not arm. Sure. That's a good point. Great. Well, thank you Great both point. so much for uh, calling in and chatting about this. I think this was a pretty, pretty interesting topic. And even though it's not like the biggest, most biggest surprise in the world that this acquisition is not going to go through, it's, you know, at least interesting to speculate about what would have happened if it had. Um, and I mean, arms, well, arms not going away, but um, it'll be interesting to see like how it sort of evolves and, and if eventually an, an Apple, for example, a Qualcomm, for example, an AMD is is going to completely ditch an ARM architecture. That'd be pretty interesting. So thank you both so much. 
And thank you all for watching this episode of Today in Tech. If you liked this video, please give it a thumbs up. And if you are watching on LinkedIn, you can head over to our YouTube channel, IDG Tech Talk. You can like the video over there, subscribe to our channel, and hit the bell icon so you're notified every single time we post a new video. If you have any questions, comments, statements, in general, you know, theories that you want to let me know, please um, leave it in the comments on YouTube especially, and I will do my very best to get back to you. Thanks again for watching, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.